the story of the prodigal son. And I know that that message was a blessing, not to you alone, but to me as well. And I also want to always encourage us that, you know, if you are not careful, you are always looking for, okay, so what is he preaching today? It's like you are always looking for new, it's good. But the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. It's, the, it's what? It's the word of God. The Bible says, and I think it's Ezekiel 2, verse 2, it says that, and when he spoke to me, the spirit entered me. There are certain things that, and it is not even just the word of God. He said, the spirit entered me when he spoke to me. You see, the, even some of us, somebody said something to you, and since that time, your, your perspective on certain things has changed. You know, somebody told you, like maybe I was talking to somebody, and somebody told me something about Beulah, and suddenly the way I see Beulah has changed. The spirit has entered you, that's why. You get it. So, listening to the word of God too has that effect on our life. And today we are going to dwell on the word of God so much. So, I want to encourage you, don't be in a haste. Sometimes, just tarry at one message. You know, even though the messages keep coming, no problem. But, make sure that you are drawing. You know, you are drawing. One songwriter from Nigeria said, we have come to draw. Draw. Draw from you again. Yeah. So, you know, make sure that you squeeze, you know, they, they, you know, the way some people take, when they go to Nando's, the way they take the chicken. Some people are very good at it. Everything will go. When they get the tie like that, they start working on it gradually. As if they know it, they start working on it gradually. By the time they are leaving the plate, there's nothing. Yeah. So, let's, let, let that, 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 the same way with, when it comes to the word of God. Amen. Today I'm talking about God's word overflowing. God's word, God's word, God's word, God's word overflowing. Say God's word overflowing. Oh, I cannot hear you. God's word overflowing. I can. Thank you very much. You are encouraging me. Can we all say it? God's word overflowing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes. Amen. Wow. We thank God so much. God's word overflowing. And that means the word of God should overflow in our life. My life, your life, and corporately as a church. Amen. And, you know, Reverend is coming up with a new book called Contagious Church. And there's a part of it that he talks about the Pareto Principle. Those of us that did economics, you know a little bit about the Pareto Principle. That says that in a community, if you take 100 people, what 20% is doing. So the work of the, the, the few is what is actually controlling the lot, which is true. So even in the world, the billionaires are few. Some, they are not even 1%. 1% is too much. Maybe 0.001%. But they are controlling the economy. But I believe that, and Reverend emphasized it in his book, I believe that, and it's so, when it comes to the word, when it comes to the kingdom of God, it should never be that, that what 20% are doing is what is keeping all of us. No. All of us should do something. Amen. That's why the Bible says that work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Your, your own. Nobody can work yours out for you. You have to do it yourself. 
So when it comes to the word of God, the word of God should not overflow. Oh, the pastor should go and study the word of God and come and give us revelations. No. Each and every one of us should come to the place whereby the Bible says in the book of, I think, Isaiah chapter 20, 37, verse 31, he said, the, the, the King James Version, he said, you, you shall take roots downwards and bear fruits upwards. So you see that you have to go deep. If you are like a maze, your, your roots will just be some few centimeters. But an oak tree goes very deep. So the trees or the fruit or whatever that it bears is strong. And some of these trees live like 100 years. And that's what we, you and I are supposed to do. So we should decide to take root going very deep. Very deep, very deep, very deep. Then suddenly when you are bearing the fruit, you are bearing it. And that one is supposed to be the story of each and every one of us. Not the pastor, not the minister, not the leader, not the musician, whoever. But it's supposed to be the story of each and every one of us. Amen. So today we are going to dwell on it. And we are talking about God's word overflowing. But we want to concentrate on the written word of God, which is the Bible. Amen. And, you know, the Bible has a lot of names, depending on how you want to describe it. You can call it the word of life, and indeed it is. You can call it the sword of the spirit. In Ezekiel, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it's the living word. It's the word of truth. It's the book of instructions. It's the book of prophecy. It's the life guide. It's a life manual. It's, it has a lot of names. But unfortunately... There is that scarcity of it in our lives. There is that scarcity of it in our hearts. There is that scarcity or there is that scarcity of its influence in our decisions. There is that scarcity of its impact on our daily living. There is that scarcity of it even in our relationship with people. And it's not a good thing. Amen. Joe, today you have to really help me. Amos chapter 8 verse 11. Amos chapter 8, verse 11, because I will not be doing it from my phone. And I know, yes. He says, behold, the days... So, before I, I move on, I want to encourage all of us, we haven't said it over and over, that any time you come to this house, one of the main characteristics of this church is that it's a teaching church. We really break down the word of God for you to understand so that it becomes solid and firm. So, as much as possible, get a book, a pen, and write in the Bible, you know, read and, and, and take notes so that when you go, you can cross-check what I'm saying, if what I'm saying is false, you know, so that maybe next week you tell me that this and this you said. It's not true. <laughs> but I want to encourage you that don't come and just listen. If today you happen not to bring your book or a pen, you have your phone with you, don't go on Facebook and Instagram, please. <laughs> Get the notepad, if there's a notepad on it, then take notes. Amen. That's why, you know, I, I said that there are some things that you, be, you must do consciously. One of the things that you must do consciously is that you must consciously listen to the word of God. Consciously listen. Not that, oh, it's like I'm listening. If something passed through my ear, then okay. No. Consciously listen. Amen. Amos chapter 8 verse 11 said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. So actually, this kind of scarcity and famine is not a good thing. So even one way of God wanting to punish the people was to send the famine of that. It's like there's that scarcity of God's word in the people. And God was saying that the famine is not a famine of bread or of water or of provision, but it's a famine for the word of God, which is a very serious thing. And we must not come to the place where there is this famine in our lives. But I know that after today's sermon, there will be an overflow of God's word in your life. Amen. And you see that there are so many reasons why a lot of us are not a fan of the Bible. I don't want anybody to raise your hand up if you are not a fan. But if you are not a fan, just wink at me that me, I'm not a fan of the Bible. Just, 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 just wing at me. <laughs> Amen. One of the reasons why people give is that the, the, the book is outdated now. It's out of relevance. It's, it's, not, it's not relevant to the times and seasons that we find ourselves. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a reason that people say, say that something, it doesn't work now. It doesn't work now because the issues that during the time that this Bible was written or the times and seasons that these incidents happened, there was no Al Jazeera. There was no BBC. Actually, there was no iPad. So the things that they talk about in that book, it doesn't reflect the current circumstance. So me, I'm not. Today we are trying to, because some of these things, like it, it passed your head, but because, you know, you are in a, a particular second, you see people like, hey, you've fallen, so you don't see. But um, today I'm saying it for you. Don't worry. I'll say all the reasons why you think reading the word of God is no good. Amen. <laughs> The second one too is that some people don't have the right technique. So it's like every time they go to the Bible, it's like, I don't know how to go about it. Where do I start from? When I take the book, do I close it and open it and it gets to uh, Zephaniah? Then I start reading Zephaniah or what do I do? So because of that, there's no... What I'm saying, is it true? Because the way you're looking at me is as if what I'm saying, oh, I'm with Bible scholars here. <laughs> Amen. Another reason is that people don't have the priority. The priority. I don't have the time. Pastor, I don't have the time. Actually, I don't. I do a 12-hour shift. After the 12 hours, I have to, when I have come home, I have to take care of the children. After taking care of the children, I have to prepare for the next day. After that, I have to do some whole chores. I have to wash. I have to do this. It, it actually is not very important. So the priority for it is not there. You know, you might not say it, but that's what it is. Because actually, if there was, a, it was on your, it, it, it's like, if it's like going to work, the way work is like a priority to you. If the Bible was like that, you would give it that time. But actually, it is not. I'm not saying for you, all of us. And sometimes, because the priority is not there, the time we give to it is so limited. Yeah, sometimes we give it two minutes in a day. Or sometimes we don't even read it the whole day. Am I speaking the truth? Oh. It is as if I'm entering some people's bedroom. <laughs> okay. And some people find it to be very boring. Very boring. You know, it's not like a novel or, you know, you know, there are some novels that you get, you read. It's like you are reading. You'll be reading, you'll be reading. And it's like your whole 
It's like it's all engaging. That's the word. Yeah. There is this there is this uh, author that I I I like so much, but for a while I've not read any of his book. He's called John John Grisham. I don't know if you know of us know him. You know him. I read one of his book called The Client. I I was reading it. I, I did not even know that was personal road. The book like it's like the guy has a way of catching your attention. Some people are like, oh, it is not that interesting, Reverend. Pastor, the book is not interesting. Let's be truthful to ourselves. The way 24 can capture you on Netflix so that you sit and that is like every stage of it is, hey, then if you read the book of Luke, it's not interesting. Let's be truthful. Let's be truthful. Okay. Am I saying the truth? <laughs> and the last one I want to say that is that some people also say that it is not highly recommended. It is not. You know, the way you get a book, there's a book that I, 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 let me say I bought it. I don't want to say I bought it because my wife is here. She warned me not to buy any book in the house again. <laughs> so, you know, when you get a book like that, then they will write, so this book I'm talking about, Barack Obama, who is the former president of America, has written on it, I cannot recommend it enough. So, you see that, I do, I've not read a book, but I know Barack Obama. And he's saying that I cannot recommend it enough. I'm like, wow. Hey, if Barack Obama of all people is saying that I cannot recommend it enough. Or Oprah Winfrey says splendid. Written at the back. Splendid. Then the rights beneath it, Oprah Winfrey. Hey. Or better still, New York Times bestseller. See that if New York Times is saying that this book is a bestseller, it says it's a bestseller. And you know that the bestsellers, they don't, it's not like the book has been sold, that's why it's a bestseller. No. They determine even before the book comes out that it's a bestseller. Oh, I'm telling the truth. That's what they do. Yeah, they sell that, they, they read it and say that it's best selling, even though they've not even sold 100 copies. But some of us, that's how we buy books. And it's, it's good because some of you don't want to waste your time reading a book. You go through 50 pages and it's not anything you want to travel. So at least if New York Times is saying it, Barack Obama is saying it, Oprah Winfrey is saying it, you will go for it. But when you take the Bible, some of them, most of them are black cover. Then they write Holy Bible. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I saying the truth today? <laughs> they just write Holy Bible at the back. And some of them have some cross, you know, very intimidating cross at the back. It looks very sacred, so it's not highly recommended. So these are some of the reasons why we don't like reading it. But I pray that after today, there will be an appetite that will come in you that will cause us to yearn for it, go for it, and devour it like never before. Amen. Because I can tell you the truth. There is no book in this world, right, that can be compared to the Bible. Yeah. Unless maybe you know of another one. There is no book. There is no book. There is no book. And that's why we call it the living word. Because actually, you know, that's why we need the spirit of God. I'll come to that. We need the spirit of God when it comes to reading the Bible. Because it's only the book, it's only that book in the world that you need a spirit to help you. I don't know if you're reading uh, 
uh, Sunday times that you need the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit to help you. In, in, or you go to BBC and you are reading the story there that you need the Spirit of God to help. No, 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 you don't. But you need the Holy Spirit to help you. And, you know, one songwriter said, ancient word ever true, changing me and changing you. And, you know, it is always coming up with fresh. It's like a stream of water. It's always fresh. But once you approach it with the right mindset, with the right spirit, with the right technique, I tell you, what you can get from it will not be enough. Amen. So I'll, I'm going to give us some of the reasons why you must study the Bible. Some, that's why, you see, that's why you must come to church with a notebook or a pen or like now an iPad so that you take notes. You know, let's attach the same level of importance to the things of God like we attach it when you go to, and sit in front of your office or in front of your boss. Some bosses, once you sit in front of them, they start to talk, you must start taking notes. Two of us. Yeah. Or sit in, in, in front of a professor or a lecturer. Amen. The first one that I want to say is that the Word of God is a highly recommended book, actually. It's a very highly recommended book. Even though it's not from New York Times, but it's a very highly recommended book. And I'm going to give you three personalities who highly recommend the Bible. The first one is Jesus himself. John chapter 6, verse 63. John chapter 6, verse 63. The word of God is a highly... If you know that Jesus is a, 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 is a, is a very, uh, what do you call it, reputable person, then take his recommendation. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 63. The Bible says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Amen. Jesus is saying that. Jesus is the one saying that. The words that I speak unto you, which is found in the book, they are spirit and they are life. This is, this is Jesus saying it. It's not me. He said, the words that I speak, which is actually in this book, they are what? They are what? Oh, I cannot hear. They are what? And what? Yes. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. The word that he keeps speaking to us through his word, the written word and the, and the, and the rima is spirit and it's life. That's how come you open the scripture and one particular verse, the insights that you get from it is so mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. The second one is the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 20, verse 38. Acts chapter 20, verse 38. Acts chapter 20, verse 38. Is it 32? Check 32 for me. Yes. Acts 20, 32. He said, so now, this is Paul. He went to the Ephesian church. He was living, and this is one of his last words to them. He says that, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Amen. You know, those of us that have been to school, you know, sometimes you go for a lecture and the, 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 the professor or doctor or whoever it is will write at the back, recommended reading list. Have you seen that before? 
reading list at the back. So Paul's recommendation is that I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is his word. And that word is able to build you up, give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. That word is able to build you up. Build you up. The word of God has that proclivity of building you up. Amen. And the last person I want to give you is David. So, Jesus is a very solid guy. Or, oh, is Jesus very solid? Yes. Paul. Or they all, uh, you know, some people say that, oh, but you are using the same Bible to, 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 to recommend the Bible. No, use somebody else. I cannot use anybody who is more qualified than Jesus Christ. Amen. And the last one is David. Psalm 119, verse 97. One, one, two. It's quite long, but I'll just run through. This, this is David talking about what the word of God does for him. What he gets from the word of God. And he is recommended it to you and I now. Amen. He says that, oh, how I love your law. Hey, you know, David, I think David was uh, one of the guys that could really rap. He said, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Verse 98. You through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. So the Bible has that tendency of making you wiser than your enemies. Amen. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Amen. Let's move on. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. Huh. I have restrained my feet from every evil. You become so angry that you read the word of God and the word of God tells you that do not let your anger a day pass your anger. Then if you, you are somebody who, that, who does not just want to know the word of God but wants to obey the word of God, suddenly it, has, it is a word that has come to you that you have to obey then suddenly that anger has worked on you. So David is saying that I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. And this is a man giving a testimony because you see, look at what Saul did to him. He had the opportunity three times to kill Saul. But he's saying that I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. Amen. Let's move on. I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me. You yourself. So you see that it's, it's, only, it's only the Bible. Somebody said it's only the Bible that when you're reading, the author himself is present. He's, 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 he's present by his spirit there and then guiding you through it. Amen. He said you yourself. What a privilege. You yourself. God himself by his spirit will be with you even as you go through the pages of the Bible. He himself will be there to teach you. Amen. Verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Hey, that's what I'm saying David can rap. Say that you, look at all the descriptions David is giving to the Bible. Giving to the word of God. Say that. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. You see, this is somebody's confession. But what is yours? Even though you might say it today, but you, you and I know that as, up, up, after now, the Bible is not that sweet. <laughs> Amen. 
Somebody had gone so deep that he said that the Bible is too bad. When you get there, you also make this confession. Amen. <laughs> 105. Okay, four. Through your precept, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Five. Your, and this is very popular for all of us. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, if you... Okay, this part of the world. There's a lamp. You know there's a lamp. Do you know what a lamp is? A lamp. The lamp has, gives you vision, helps you to have vision in a very small... Yo, can you help me with the lamp? Small. So like if I'm holding the lamp like this, the lamp helps me to see within a very small circumference. And a light like this can go very far. So what David is trying to say is that your word is needed now. Your word is able to help me in my short term and in my long term too. And in the future, it's the same word that is able to take me. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Like my feet now and a light to my path. Amen. 106. I have sworn and confirmed that I'll keep your righteous judgments. Let's move on. I'm afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. The word of God is able to bring revival. You know, the revival comes in different forms. Sometimes you are in a prayer meeting and there's a pastor of the Holy Spirit and all those things. But sometimes in your closet, a word will jump into you and suddenly your disposition on certain things, you have been revived. Amen. 108. Accept, I pray, the funeral offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgment. Then my life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. So it moves on and not when you get time, you read. The whole of Psalm 119, which has about, I think, 170, or you can check for me, how many verses is Psalm 119? 176. Virtually all of it is for the word of God, talking about the word of God. So take your time, read it, and I know that your life will not be the same. Amen. So the first one is that the Bible is highly recommended. Highly recommended by Jesus, highly recommended by David, highly recommended by Paul. And the second one is that the, the word of God is essential for growth essential for growth. Essential for growth. Essential for... You know, there's, when the, the child is born, they say that, oh, the child needs... The breast milk is what? Essential. It's like, it's a primary... Uh, what do you call it? It's a primary commodity that that baby needs. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Today we open quite a number of scriptures. As compared to last week, today we open quite a number. First Peter chapter two verse two: As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. Desire the pure milk of the word. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You know, the apostle Peter used baby in this context to show us how we should desire the milk 
And the first thing we'll see from this scripture is the attitude of a baby. When the attitude, the attitude of baby, when the baby grabs or the baby, you know, their tongue, they, 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 they see that it's milk that you are giving them. Suddenly, it's like they hold on to it and they will be, is it sucking? Is that what they call it? Yeah, whether it's a bottle or the breast, whatever. They'll be sucking it, sucking it. The attitude. The atti- we should also have the same attitude. That when we hold on to it, suddenly we will be sucking and sucking and sucking and sucking. So he said that desire, 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 desire is something that you can cultivate. Amen. Yeah. Some of us, we've cultivated certain habits that a friend taught us. It's not, we, we, we did not learn it by ourselves. We were taught. Yeah. We learned it from somebody. Sometimes YouTube can also teach you. You know, a certain habit. It could be good or bad anyway. But the attitude. And the second one is the appetite. The, the, the child's appetite is for the milk. And because the appetite is for the milk, the child grabs it. Amen. And the third one is that the aim. You see, the aim is to grow. That's the main emphasis. To grow, not to know. Is to grow and not to know. Actually, you can never grow without knowing. But you can know without growing. I don't know if you get it. Some of us, we know a lot of things. But it actually has not impacted our lives. So that is knowing. You get it. But growing comes through knowing with obedience attached to it. That leads to growth. So actually, the emphasis of us desiring, having the appetite, having the attitude for the word of God is not to know. No, 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 at all. We are desiring it, we want it, we are yearning for it, so that we will grow. Amen. So, the Bible is essential for growth. The third one is that the Bible is essential for spiritual maturity. It's essential for spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is not how long you can speak in tongues. It's not uh, that, oh, this guy, his tongues is very deep. You know, he can, it's like when he speaks in tongues, it's like my tongues is, I speak only two or three lines. But this guy speaks about 20 lines. Hey, is that spiritual maturity? Hebrews chapter 5, 11 to 14. Hebrews chapter 5, 11 to 14. Hebrews chapter 5, 11. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Yes, if the Bible is yours or now, we all use digital Bibles, but you could underline dull of hearing. Yeah. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Amen. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full, who are of full age. That is, those who are those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. To discern both good and evil. Amen. You know, as I was reading about this, I was thinking that 
my level of knowledge or my level of application of the scriptures now, at least I've been a Christian for a while. And you two probably been a Christian for longer or a while or five months, six months, three years, ten years, some of us twenty years. If that level of knowledge that you knew then and who you are now, we just oppose it at your workplace. Will you still be working or you'll be fired? I don't know if you get my question. Do, do you get my question? Let me, let me come over. So, you've worked in your company for 10 years. And you've been promoted. You entered as a graduate. Then you've been promoted. Now you are maybe an associate director. Because of years of experience. Not just years of experience. But experience, knowledge acquired, certificates, all those things. So, that's uh, the, your firm that you work for. Now let's bring it to the word of God. You've also been a Christian for 10 years. Your level of mature, your level of growth in it, if it is the same as when you were at work, will you be employed still or you'll be, you be fired? You just answer it to your head. Don't, don't say anything. <laughs> you, get my, you get my point? Yeah. We should be comparing it that way so that it, it looks real to us. Because the way we, we yearn to, oh, there's this professional course. I have to do it so that I will shoot. I will show that I, I will add. You know, some, one of the places that I really don't like going is LinkedIn. Sometimes I see some people within three years, they, they've done a PhD, they have a master's, they've done a, hey, pressure. Yes, but, but it's good. But what I'm trying to say is that we should also approach the things of God like that. That growth that we yearn for, you know, the growth that we yearn for, you are not growing because you are a pastor. No. That's, what, that's the thing I want us to debunk. Let's debunk it. Isaiah 31. We should all take our roots very... You should be a solid Christian. That's why, in the, I think it's Ephesians 4, he said that, that we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You know, every, everybody says something and the thing is sort of influencing you left, right, center. Somebody says, oh, let's go here, then you are following. Let's do this, you are following. No. Amen. And you know, one thing that is even very dangerous in our world now is that the social media, because of the algorithm that they use, has a way of making you see the things you want to see. So, for instance, if you come to my Facebook page or whatever social media that I'm on, my page, because, because they've seen that, okay, this guy watched this. He watched that. He watched this. He watched that. Okay, we will feed him. So, that, that's why every time they are recommending. Every recommending day, we recommend you like it. Have you to realize? They do it so that you stay long there. So that they can advertise to you so that they also get their money. Because they are in the business of buying your time to get, you know, here. And that's one of the reasons why there's a whole lot of conspiracies against a lot of things. Because I'm getting deep into the thing because all the things that I'm being fed with on my social media handle is the things I want to know. So in one way or the other, even though two people might be couple, husband and wife, they are living in two different worlds. Because your likes has given birth to what you watch on YouTube or social media. Yes, that's how they work. So if you like, check. Go, you pick your social media and compare it. Totally different. Because the songs you listen to is not the songs she listens to. The messages you listen to, the podcasts. All the, so it has a way of making you feel like, oh, I'm correct. I'm all right. I'm, I'm doing the right thing. No. You get it. So Paul was saying that 
by this time. So Paul used one element of time. So you know, sometimes people say that, oh, when it comes to the things of God, it is not about time. Yes, it's true. But by the time you've been around for five years, there should be a level of growth. That's why Jesus at the point was disappointed. He said, ah, but you've been with me for a while. At least haven't you observed? Haven't you seen what is happening around? And Paul was saying that the issue for you is not, it's not about me coming to share more revelations with you. I'm, I'm still in the Hebrews chapter 5. To share more revelations with you, but it is about the receptiveness that you have. You know, he said he, now you become dull at hearing. You become used to it. You are not growing. And he says that growth comes by reason of use. So he said that those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. So that's what I was talking about. That It is not just about knowing. Yes, you know. But it's about the application of it. So like we have this prayer in fast coming on. You've read a, a lot about prayer. You know in Luke chapter 18, Jesus said that men ought to pray and not to faint. Do this, do that, that. And Jesus said that, oh, uh, uh, some of these things, it goes not only by prayer and fasting. You know. But who through exercising of their senses are able to discern between good. So the more you use, the more you mature. Amen. So actually, the opposite of ignorance is not knowledge, but obedience. In this context. Because if you know and you are not obeying, you are not exercising your senses, and therefore you are not growing. Am I speaking to you? Amen. And the third one, or the fourth one, the reason, so that's the last reason for studying the Bible, is that it is essential for spiritual effectiveness. It is essential for spiritual. So, it's highly recommended book. I've talked about it. I've said that it is essential for growth. It's essential for spiritual maturity. And this one is essential for spiritual effectiveness. Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Second Timothy. And I pray that even as you go to some of these scriptures, when you get home, make sure you go to who those by exercising, exercising, exercising of their senses, that's how you are going to grow. Amen. Consciously decide to grow. Second Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. The Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, one, for doctrine, two, for reproof or rebuke, three, for correction, and four, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. So, the word of God that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word thorough, I don't know if you've checked the word thorough. Can we, I don't know, can you help me get the meaning of thorough from the dictionary? Let's go to school today. Thorough, what does thorough mean? But as he's searching for it, I'm moving on. So he said that the word of God is profitable, one for doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine simply means teaching. So the word of God is profitable to teach you. The word of God is profitable to teach me. And what does the teaching do? The teaching helps to structure our thinking. The way sometimes we think is not right. The word of God has a way of structuring, you know, structuring the way you are thinking so that you will think right. Because we've accumulated a way of thinking by our education, by our upbringing, by our association with friends, by social media. By, but the word of God has a way of structuring 
your thinking, structuring your thinking. So, for instance, the child is reading the Bible and comes to Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, Toro. Hey, that one I can't pronounce. <laughs> yeah, but complete with regard to every detail. So, when the Bible is saying that, that the man of God will be complete, thorough, what it means is that you become somebody who gives attention to detail. Not superficial, wow. Not artificial. You are not superficial. Superficial is like you are on the surface kind of person or partial, but you are thorough. So, complete with regard to every detail, not superficial or partial. Amen. Thank you, Joel. So, the word of God is profitable for doctrine, which is teaching. And for rebuke, secondly, to rebuke us, the word of God has a way of rebuking you and I. Yeah, it has. It has. So, as you come to church like this, the man of God can preach and you can be rebuked through the word, if only you allow yourself. <laughs> you can be rebuked as the message is being preached. In your closet, reading the scriptures, the Holy Spirit has a way of rebuking you. So, the, it will be telling you the things that you are going out of coverage area. You know, yeah, yeah. That's why you don't stop reading the Bible because you've committed a sin. Go to it so that it gives you the proper rebuke because the one that you have is not proper. Because, because you've actually not had the proper rebuke, that's why you've gone back to it. Yeah, go back to the scripture. It has a way of rebuking you nicely, very nicely. Yeah, yeah. One of the people I really like in the Bible, David. David is, was always going back, irrespective of how far he went. You remember last week he said that the prodigal son went very far, but he came back. David too, hey, David did a lot of things. David did that. You, you try and do a character, David did a lot of things. Hey, if it was today, I think by now he'll be in prison for what he did. Ah, you, you, you are able to take somebody's wife, then kill the, 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 Uriah was so committed, so loyal to David. He came back, David said, oh, go and sleep, go home. David thought that by doing that, maybe then he, the lady becomes pregnant, so that it makes sense, that, okay, he's the one. The man said, no, I'm not going, I'm staying here. My people cannot be on the battlefield and me going and join my wife, no, I'll be here. And David sent the same person a letter to go and give to the commander. And the person, the guy too, hey, I've never seen a committed, he's so loyal. He did not even open the letter. Took the letter and it's his own death warrant that he was sending. He sent it, the guy read it. I think that the guy was like, this guy, are you serious at all? You brought me a letter that I should kill you. <laughs> yeah, but David had a way of always going back. So he would go back instead of creating me a clean heart, oh God. And renew the right spirit within me. I don't think any of us have gone that far. No, 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 no. no. I think by now we would have known. Because Rex, Rex Yorkshire police would have come for you, so you would have known. <laughs> so, please, you've not gone far, I tell you. You've not at all. But you see, that attitude of coming back and accepting that, yes, what I did was wrong. You know, one, I think one of our main problems is that we fear that people will hear. That is our main problem. But the most important person that needs to know already knows. And it's God. He knows. Please, you think, you think he doesn't know. 
Then my father was in darkness that not mean that God has not known. He, David said, where shall I hide from your presence? Where, 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 where? If I go under the earth, you are there. If I do this, you are there. God knows. So go back. Amen. I, I feel like I'm telling somebody, go back. And don't be like Saul. Saul actually, you know, in the larger scheme of things, if you compare the sins, because we humans, because actually we have compared sin. That's why we have a constitution that says that, oh, if you commit a license, like let's say you are driving and it's red and you, 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 you commit a traffic offense, that one, maybe they will give you like a 70 pound, you know, it's not much. That was Saul's kind of offense. Samuel said that, wait, he did not wait. It's not, it's not like he did anything extraordinary. David, he killed, he committed offense, he did adultery, he, he killed people, he did all those things. But he went back. And he was ready to accept the bullets. He was ready. So the word of God has a way of rebuking us. Amen. And it has a way of correcting us as well. You know, so, you know, there are some people that they rebuke and he leaves you, no. The Bible does not leave you that way. The word of God does not leave you. It rebukes you and corrects you and tells you that you are supposed to do it this way. You are supposed to do it that way. Amen. And the final one is that training in righteousness. So it provides you a guideline for you to be able to live. And I want to come to the final part, which is very important to me. Because I've talked about the scarcity of the word of God, why people don't want to read the scripture, why the, the scripture is important, the benefit that we got from it. But what, how do I read the scripture? How? How? And I think that with, within some few minutes, I'll be able to say something that I know that God will use to bless us. Amen. So I want to move to the last bit that I'm going to talk about. Diligently reading the scripture. Diligently reading the Bible, if you want to put it that way. Diligently reading the Bible. And I want to give you two people that were very diligent with the scriptures. Hey, they were very diligent. Acts chapter 18, verse 24, Apollos. Acts chapter 18, verse 24. Acts 18, 24. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandra, an eloquent man, a man mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. What a description. A man, eloquent. It's like a lawyer. He can speak a lot of English, a lot of grammar. And secondly, he's a mighty man in the scriptures. I've not seen anybody with this description in the Bible. Someone who is mighty. It's like mighty. Check the, can you get me the amplified? The amplified version for this same scripture. It said, now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent and cultured man. A well-versed, well-versed, well-versed in the scriptures. Thorough detail. He gives much attention. Well-versed. May that be your story. Oh, may that be your story. So that will be describing, you say that, oh, here comes person A, an eloquent woman. Well-versed in the scriptures. Not that you do a show, no. No, no, no. Your fruit will show because suddenly your life has changed. Suddenly, the thing, you know, and, and you see, the, the thing about the Bible is that it, 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 it attacks your physical life, attacks even your finances, attacks your relationship with people, helps you with your spirituality. So it's like it's a holistic 
package that comes. Because, you know, if you're a fan of books, you know, now there's a book on everything. Oh, yes, yes. There's a book on everything. If you want a book on even how to buy a house, you can get. If you want a book on how to brush your teeth, you can get. If you want a book on how to do the lawn in your garden or garden, how to garden, you can you will get it. There's a cookbook. If you want to learn how to baba, you can get a book. If you want to politics, you can get a book. Finance, you can get a book. How not to be broke. You can all these things that you can type, you can there are books for everything. But you know, they are all say, they are attacking different you know spheres of our life. But the Bible has a way of attacking everything and it's holistic. So the Bible says that Apollos was a man mighty in the scriptures. Amen. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Today we are reading a lot of scriptures, but I hope that. Maybe for you, it will be just one scripture that you will get. You go home and it will be ministering to you. You have no idea. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Talking about the Berean church. These were fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. In that, they received the word with readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. This, this is the, the church in Berea. Yeah, the church in Berea. So, you see, these people, their level of understanding was different from that of Thessalonica. In that, when they received the scriptures, they searched it daily to find out whether these things were so. Yeah. They were, they were, you know, the Berean church is not a church that we know a lot of from the Bible context. You know, like maybe the, Galatia, the church in Galatia or Ephesus or Philippi or any, that Paul actually wrote a book to. This one, I think basically something this is written about them. That there are people that search the scriptures. They, search, they, they actually search the scriptures. They give attention to it. And to find out things that were so. They just don't take everything, lying hook and sinker and just be consuming. No. Amen. So how do we do it? The first one, you must read it thoughtfully. The first one, read the Bible thoughtfully. 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 I don't know if Joy can write it so that some, somebody will get, maybe my accent is not helping, but read it thoughtfully. You and I come from the same village, so you can <laughs> read it thoughtfully. Read it thoughtfully. Is the message helping someone? Read it thoughtfully. Thoughtfully. Thoughtfully, yeah. And make the thoughtfully in capital letters for me. But, so all that I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about your quiet time, please, don't get me wrong. Because the business of life has been structured in such a way that sometimes your quiet time can be just a few minutes. No, 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 no. I'm talking about studying, you know, time that you've allocated yourself to to, to, to study the Bible. Yeah. How do you read the Bible thoughtfully? You know, yeah, read it thoughtfully. <laughs> I like that. Read it thoughtfully. You know, all of us here, we have different professions. So, David, who is a 
a medical person or those in the health industry, care industry. Sometimes when a patient comes, a nurse, a doctor, whoever, they are looking for the vital statistics. Or am I using the right words? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, David. Wow, what a coincidence. David and Dr. Dr. David and Dr. David. Wow, powerful. This church, you are blessed. So, when a patient comes, you are looking for vital statistics. You know, the word of God to look for the vital statistics. That verse that you are trying to consider, look for. You know, sometimes we, we, we quote it, for God's will have the word that. No, the vital statistics. What is, what is this? Let's do the operation on the particular verse. Take, that's why you need time. Because the doctors, sometimes they will do so many scans before they finally find out that, oh, so this is what is actually wrong with this person. A lot of work. A lot of time. Sometimes it takes months. So read it thoughtfully. Read it thoughtfully. Apply the same mental capacity you use for it in your work. Yeah. So if you're a lawyer, the way you ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. If you're an economist, the way you are able to do the budgeting and all, do the same thing. I don't know what an engineer will do, but... <laughs> But all that I'm trying to say is that bring your, your mind. You know, let's not think that, oh, it's a spiritual book, so we read it with respect. Yes, but your mind should be working. Your mind, why is he saying this? Why? So that you can be, you ask questions, you get answers. In John chapter 3, when Nicodemus went to Jesus, he went with questions because he had, he, 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 he had certain questions that was in his mind. Sometimes you might not get the answer by yourself. So maybe you just need to come to church, talk to Reverend Chris or talk to your pastor. I was reading this scripture. I did not understand. What do you think? The person to say, okay, me too. I really don't understand, but let's all search it together. That is how growth happens. You get it? It's not that everything, you don't ask questions. No, you should begin to ask questions. That's why I mean, I like people that ask questions about scripture. That, ah, what is this trying to say? What is that trying to say? What is this trying to say? It is very important. That's how you grow. Yeah. Ask questions. Your, your mind, you, you see, don't leave. You know, some people say that, oh, and that's one of the things they still talk about us as Christians. That when you're coming to church, can you lower it a little for me, please? We, we leave our mental distance at the door and we enter with our emotions. No. We are here. Our emotions are solid. Our mind is solid. But we know that there's a superior authority that when he speaks, things change. So sometimes the Spirit of God speaks and it's, it's able to bring an understanding that we need. Our mind should be working. Thoughtfully. Amen. And obviously, if you are reading it thoughtfully, you observe. You observe. Some of us, we are not very observant. We are not. Psalm 119, verse 18. That's why I say read Psalm 119 has a lot. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. That I may see the wondrous things in your law. Open my eyes. Your eyes need to open. That's how come somebody will say something from the same John 3.16 that you and I have been reading for 20 years. And you are like, ah, is it the same Bible that all of us are reading? What did this person see that I did not see? That person's eye has been opened. But it comes with 
you know, time, 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 thoughtfully. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 4. If you seek her as a silver, you're talking about wisdom, and search for her as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. If you seek the word of God like silver, you seek the word of God like silver. So read it thoughtfully. Amen. So that's one way of reading the scripture. Second one, that read it repeatedly. Read it repeatedly. So the repeatedly too should be capitalized. Read it repeatedly. Read it repeatedly. You'll finish very soon. Don't worry. Read it repeatedly. Read it repeatedly. The Bible has a staying power that can withstand exposure. You know, if I take the Sunday times, by the first time, by the time I read it once, how should I read the story again? Because I know what it is trying to say. But with the Bible, the more you read, the more you are getting. The more you read, the more you are getting. The more you read, the more you are getting. The more you read, the more you are getting. Amen. So you should read it repeatedly. How do you read it repeatedly? I will recommend that sometimes at a sitting, you know, when you sit, like today we go home, maybe do everything around 7 p.m. You sit and you tell yourself, I'm reading the book of John from chapter 1 to the last chapter. John has about 16 or 17 chapters. 16 or 17. 16. You sit, you read it just all. Last week I said that sometimes so, but you know, sometimes it gives you the context. Then you can begin to, because sometimes, you know, some of us just take a verse from somewhere, then we begin to use it, but we don't really know the context in which the thing is existing. But sometimes you can read the whole to help you. Second way of doing is that try different translations, and I think that one will help us. You know, that's one of the reasons, that's why some of us find the Bible very boring, because we only read it in New King James. Or King James and the D and the Dow is not helping us. So it is not very encouraging. Try different translations. The same verse or the same, uh, what do you call it? The same chapter. You've read it in New King James. Read it in Amplified. Read it in New Living Translation. Read it in the Message Bible. It, it, it can never be boring. That repetition will give you a different understanding. Amen. Obviously, the audio Bible still help. You know, we listen to a whole lot of things in our ears. You can also listen to an audio Bible. Amen. Yeah. Third one, read it patiently. I'm finishing very soon. Read it patiently. Read it patiently. Patiently. So read it thoughtfully. Read it repeatedly. Read it patiently. Patient. Be patient with the test and be patient with yourself. So that, oh, the man of God, when he came, he just read the scripture and he got this interpretation. Why did I have read it several? I'm not, no. What, you, for, what you, you don't consider is that sometimes what the person is preaching is a fruit. 
because he has actually labored for a long time to get that understanding. So what you are also starting is a seed. It's a, it's a start. So don't, you don't want to start and say, that, oh, I want to get, no. Be patient. Be patient. Take your time. Take your time. So read it patiently. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with the test. Fourth one. Reverend has always been talking about it. Read it imaginatively. Reverend said, I read in pictures. Have you heard him say that? Yeah. Read it imaginatively. Read it imaginatively. Read it imaginatively. Bring your movie, uh, what do you call it? Your movie attributes to bear. Put the Bible characters in the movie in your head. And how do you do that? Sometimes put yourself in the shoes of somebody. Yeah. Put yourself in the shoe of Ruth. Put yourself in the shoe of Peter. Put yourself in the shoe of somebody. You know, yeah. Imaginatively. Yeah. Sometimes, I will even recommend that you, you vary the setting of your reading. Yeah. 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 Vary the setting of your reading. What, what I mean is that it's not every time that you are in your sitting room, then you are reading the scripture. Sitting room, reading the scripture. Every time you are sitting in your bedroom, you are reading the scripture. At a point, it gets very boring. We must consciously work on some of these things. You can decide that today, I am going to the park. I'm going to read the Bible. Yeah. I'm going to the park. You are not driving. You have gone, maybe the, the, the Bible is on your phone or the Bible is on your uh, iPad or a, 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 a Bible. You've gone to the park. The birds, whether they are singing or they are crying, whatever they are doing. Or what do the birds do? They, they what? Chirp. Yeah. My words are very limited, so. <laughs> As all, you know, it has a setting. Yeah. Oh, some of us, you want to propose, you propose in a certain environment. So why is it like the Bible? We don't want to read it in a certain environment. Yeah. Imaginatively. Read it. So, you know, if you give such an attention to it, you will obviously get something out of it. I tell you, you will obviously get something out of it. And the last one is that read it prayerfully. Read it prayerfully. Read it prayerfully. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. 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 Yeah. And sometimes, you know, even the prayer, you know, let's be frank. You know, there are two people that I really like their prayer. Do you want to know the two people? A, ch- a child and a new convert. Oh, their prayers. A child's prayer is very fresh. It's very refreshing and very realistic. There's not pompous spirituality in the prayer. No. Like you call any of the children to pray, you see. Very nice. You don't know, you don't know. Holy Spirit, please help me. I don't know. And the prayer of a new convert to very honest and very humble. I don't know much. I saw 
a prayer of a new convert. And uh, I wrote it down. I'm not the one answering the prayer, but I'll read it. This is what he said. Lord, this is Jim. I'm the one that met you last Thursday. Remember? I thought, <laughs> so, <laughs> when he said that, I thought maybe he would add his own postcode to it. I'm sorry, I can't say it the way the rest of these guys say it. But I really love you. Honestly, I do. And hopefully, after I know you a while, I'll be able to say it a lot better. Thanks a lot. I'll see you later. It's a prayer. Yeah. yeah. And actually, this one is scriptural. Luke chapter 18, 9 to 14. Let's read it. A prayer of a new convert. Luke chapter 18, 9 to 14. And we compare it to the, the super spiritual people. Luke, <laughs> Luke chapter 18, 9 to 14. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Verse 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you. Hey. See, the imaginative way of reading the scripture, put yourself in this Pharisee. How will you stand as a proud Pharisee when you are praying this prayer? You'll be looking around. Lord, I thank you. <laughs> I, I am not like the other man. <laughs> Extortioner. <laughs> Unjust. Adulterer. Or even as this task collector. Somebody has come to pray. He has not mentioned your name. Pray your prayer and go. <laughs> I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the task collector standing afar off. This is the new convert. This is the new convert. The task collector standing afar off will not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast. Lord, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's the prayer. Verse 14. I tell you, this is Jesus. Oh. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Hallelujah. So when you come to the Bible, let's not, no, high falutin. We know a lot, no. Just prayerfully tell God that God, even as I go through the pages of this scripture, help me. Help me. Open my eyes. Let me see the things that you want me to see. That applies to me. You are not reading because you want to go and share revelation with somebody, no. You are reading because you want your life to be better. And I know that God is able to do it for you. I know that there's a lot more that we can say, but I'll end here. But I pray that even as you take these five steps and go to the scripture, I always encourage people that, especially for those of us that are very new to the Bible, my favorites are always where Jesus is or where Jesus physically was. So the book of Matthew, the book of Luke, the book of Mark, the book of John. I really like Luke because Luke was a doctor who gave attention to detail. 
So you can decide to start with the book of Luke and give yourself time. Don't rush through it. Firstly, you can decide to read through it, like I said, in a setting. And after that, take your time. Go to the Bible with your book, with your pen. Take notes. If there's any question that you want, you, you come to church, you see a pastor, you see somebody, you, you talk to the person about it. Yeah. And I can assure you that this ancient word, which has proven itself to be changing, which has proven itself to transform the lives of people, which has proven itself to equip people and empower them for God's work, empower them for life, empower them for everything, will do the same in your life. And I tell you that even as you read the scriptures, the anointing will be flowing and overflowing upon your life. 